Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Those Movie Dudes Podcast Show. My name is Spencer, and I'm joined by my pals Nate and John on a hopefully bi-weekly basis. Basically, we're three movie enthusiasts that love talking all things cinema. So what we do on this show is we select two movies that we think would make for a solid double feature. Whether it's similar themes, tones, filmmakers, or award accolades, as long as we can connect the dots in some way. We then take these two films, watch them, and then get together on Zoom to discuss what we liked, what we didn't like, and everything in between. So this week, we selected two Oscar winners from the 90s. We selected The Piano and Girl Interrupted. Both won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. So we discussed those two films on this episode. They're two films that we had never seen before. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a little depressing. You know, if you've seen these movies, it definitely helps because we kind of spoil it a little bit. But if you haven't or if you're curious to check them out, uh, they're available on streaming sites. So you can go watch them now and come back and listen to this later. Um, okay, so yeah, so Nate, you submitted the film The Piano to me that you wanted to watch. You did. And so I was like, okay, The Piano, it's a film that we all had not seen before. I knew that it had a lot of Oscar nominations. In fact, it had three Oscar wins. And the most famous win being uh, Anna Paquin, one of the youngest actresses to ever win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. I think she was eight years old when she uh, won the Oscar, which is pretty absurd. So I've always heard of that movie for that reason. So then I kind of did some digging. I looked around and I found a couple of other films also released in the 90s where somebody won a Best Supporting Actress Oscar. And that was Angelina Jolie in Girl Interrupted. It was another film that we all had not seen before. So that is why we were doing The Piano and Girl Interrupted on this episode. But Nate, going back to The Piano, since it's the first film we're going to talk about, why did you select this film? Like you had kind of mentioned, it was one that I'd seen before and, or not seen before, but heard of. And anytime you see a young actor or actress get that sort of acclaim, it's just kind of like, wow, makes you kind of rethink where you are in life right now. Like when I was 12, 13 years old, I think I was just finding out how to master. Um, yeah, well. They were thrown into it from their parents. <laughs> okay. I was tuned out, and then I heard masturbate, and I'm right back here again. So what are we talking about? We are talking about the piano, and uh, I just... Oh. I was just thinking I, I like depressing movies. Um, I like classical music. Um, and it's Holly Hunter. So, like, yeah, obviously I'm going to Elastic Girl. She, she does get a little elastic in this movie from time to time, but she is stoic for the most part, in my opinion. She's very quiet, and I don't Robotic know why. Robotic and kind of wooden. <laughs> that was kind of a weird um, <laughs> character choice. Yeah, she didn't speak a single fucking word. But yeah, yeah, she got like, nominated for Best Speak Up. Now, she was like Nicolas Cage in that movie with the animatronic robots that Spencer and I watched on Mainstream Boys. I think Nate did watch that, too. Willy's Wonderland? Yeah. Yeah, did you end up watching that? I did. <laughs> I think it was after the fact, but yeah, I mean, it, he didn't talk a lot. He just made a few grunts and showed it. Showed it she in this movie. Every now and then, <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay, but yeah, that's kind of why I picked it. Just it had, it's got a lot of acclaim, so obviously, it's got to be something good about it. So I figured we, uh, you know, uh, get a little uh, erotic with a piano. I guess, yeah. No, seriously. Well, especially Harvey Keitel, he really wanted to. Um, but yep. I saw that this was directed by Jane Campion, and I know that she's going to be in the award. Uh, race this coming year or this coming season with a Netflix film called The Power of the Dog. Uh, and I've heard that she's just oh. a very um, 
very good filmmaker, and this is definitely one of her most acclaimed films. Came out in 1993, stars Holly Hunter, Anna Paquin, Harvey Keitel, and Sam Neill. The plot is basically, it's in the mid-19th century. It's a mute woman who is sent to New Zealand along with her young daughter and a prized piano for an arranged marriage to a wealthy landowner, played by Sam Neill, but is soon lusted after by a local worker on a plantation, played by Harvey Keitel. Yeah. I just, uh, I just think of the initial scene when she's like, can you carry my piano through the forest? And I'm just like, that is such a ridiculous inconvenience. They're already carrying all your other shit. Like, can you come back for my piano to traverse this land in New Zealand? Yeah, but it didn't look that heavy, and they had a lot of muscle. Like, the thing is, though, he literally was like, ah, we don't have the amount of people, and there's, like, 15 fucking people behind him just doing nothing. It's like, ah. She had, like, a million boxes, and it was such a dilemma. It's not her fault. She was was shipped off to go to an arranged marriage. Anyways. Yeah, what a dick um, her dad must have been. Jeez. This has some uh, very big critical acclaim, 90% around Tomatoes, 86 audience. Uh, like I said, three Oscar wins and a lot of nominations, 7.3 IMDb. So, I mean, this is one that we definitely needed to cross off our lists. Um, so, Nate, since, since you picked it, uh, what you, would you think of this one? What did I think of the piano? Hmm. What what does anyone else think about a piano? It's like a beautiful thing. I always wish thing. I could play a piano. It, I know. Thing. That's like that's talent right there. If you can seriously do different things with both of your hands on the same keyboard, that's impressive. Like I I have a hard enough time typing on a regular keypad right here. It's just like that's not it's not good. But exactly this this one was pretty good. It was very depressing. Um, and it it went to a place that I wasn't expecting with some violence um but the performances were top-notch holly hunter is amazing she just she didn't need to say a word to convey just emotion she was stuck she had to be a mother to this child as well as just get thrown into this marriage and you could feel for her and anna paquin was fantastic as the daughter um I don't know if I would say award-worthy, though, but I can understand where they were coming from, especially in this type of film. But um, I thought it was pretty good. I I had higher expectations, though. But uh, yeah, it was pretty good. John, this is uh, not really your wheelhouse. Uh, There's no Transformers Mm -hmm. or uh, orcs in this movie. Um, so <laughs> I'm not like that into fantasy, but okay. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. Uh, so the piano, it's a little like a slower, more somber type film with some good performances. So did that still tickle your fancy? So I try. This is I watched this uh, after Girl Interrupted, so I went through that one first, and then uh, took a took a kick into this film, took a whack with this one. Um, I did think the piano was good, although not the best swimmer. Um, but I do think that Anna Paquin in this movie, which was why we, that was really the connection between the films is why we wanted to check it out, uh, for the podcast. She was amazing. You know, honestly, as an eight year old kid for me, she carried the film quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, Holly Hunter is there as well. So that doesn't really say anything, but Anna Paquin kind of acts as her interpreter or the audience's interpreter as well. So, um, I did really like her, but the film is slow, very depressing, a little bit grotesque and dirty and icky, um, and it takes place in a time, a period piece time, that 
I am so glad that I was not a part of as a human being because everybody has very dirty hands and they use them for very dirty things. So what so. you're doing right now uh, subtly <laughs> is really complimenting the production design of this film because it of makes course. you fucking feel like you're <laughs> in that time zone. Because, yeah, for sure. you definitely, I definitely felt like I wanted to take a shower after this movie. Like, I felt sweaty yeah. and gross just after I it. To it I mean, in the mud. Yeah. They, were, they all looked like they worked in, like, in coal mining, but none of them did because their yeah. hands were just black with soot it was so nasty so i guess that's a testament to the film like you're saying yes yeah i would think so <laughs> um but yeah. there, were, there was a point in this movie though and i think me and spencer talked about it just a tiny bit it took me a little while to figure out who the antagonist was supposed to be because uh, sure i i could kind of understand sam neil he's the one that's marrying her and just kind of taking ownership of her and her daughter and then harvey Keitel's character at first which i'm like this guy's a dick like i don't like him either so like what's like what's the payoff here until later on you kind of see what happens between them and what arrangements they have but that kind of threw me off i'm just kind of waiting i'm like all right I hate both of these guys. Um, what's going to happen next? But uh, yeah, it, he eventually it showed his colors. It was definitely going to be one or the other, either Sam Neill or Harvey Keitel. But especially because you don't know their motives really until you start getting into the film itself. And then you think I think for initially I thought it was going to be Harvey Keitel was going to be the guy that maybe would try to steal her away, maybe do some some fucked up shit. Uh, but it really ended up being Sam Neill's character who is just uncapable of just being a human being <laughs> like he just mm -hmm. sucks so bad doesn't understand emotion doesn't understand people all he understands is just like telling people what to do money. uh yeah. and money yeah and uh and then harvey Keitel, it's revealed that he's just a big fucking softy that likes to rub down and clean pianos in the nude um so like, <laughs> with a shaved so ass. unnecessary a shaved ass. So imagine him and assless chaps to be completely honest you John, pulled those off like John, nobody's business stop yes. it stop when it. i first <laughs> when i first saw his character in this movie i was a little taken aback because he was an he was an american no well no he wasn't american i think he was i think British he was a native to new zealand or, or he, had, yeah, he had moved there but he like he, shared a, a lot he of adopted the, the 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 tribe that they were with or the whatever um that was called like the so, Cliff Curtis, yeah. and uh, they're like pretty much like their muscle that always just hung out with them. They kind of like settled with them in like the same land, uh, or they shared their land with them. But he like adopted to their like principles and methods, and he ended up getting like the tattoos on the face. Um, and he has like these two little like ice cream cone looking things on his nose. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the Looks weirdest stupid. thing. Silly. Ever. I mean, it was kind of silly to be but, honest. Like I, maybe people did. I'm sure people did do that type of thing in New Zealand back in. It was, I'm guessing, late 1800s ish, mid. I'm sure that was a thing, but he did look pretty, pretty funky. He, he looked strange, but as the movie <laughs> went on, like I did, it's kind of revealed what his character's like true motives are. Like he's just a big softie that just wants love, and he wants to be loved, and just that's that's really all he wants in uh, with the relationship and just in general. So you do kind of i did root for him towards the end i was like yeah like i hope they finally escape and get off together because that's that's sweet and she did actually fall in love with them which was nice too but at first it was very strange I'm like he wants to just watch and do things while she plays piano like, <laughs> like what is i have, I have issues with it because 
you have to choose one. Obviously, Sam Neill isn't going to be the one you choose. But both of them didn't really seem like great options. Um, at least from the beginning, because you really get introduced to Harvey Keitel in a full frontal moment. And it just throws you off, and you don't you don't expect it whatsoever, but it, it definitely introduces you to what kind of dude he is. And then it comes to, like, these ultimatums that he gives Holly Hunter's character with, like, oh, you can, I'll sacrifice some keys for some favors, kind of. Um, it just seemed like a, a strange way to develop a loving relationship with somebody. The motives were just very strange for me. Very, very strange. And honestly, I didn't think that Holly Hunter's character had all that much to offer, in my opinion. She didn't... Like, she is, like, the only new woman on the island, but she didn't have that much going on. You know? She didn't talk. She was pretty mute, pretty wooden. But, you know, maybe that's what Harvey Keitel was into. Mm, yeah. It just it got to a point where it was just really stale. The same stuff was kind of happening. Then she just going there and just trying to hide it from her husband and the daughter. It did get wanting intense, to... though. Yeah, it was just. It, but then it, it got to a point where just violence, like so extreme that I wasn't expecting. And he got so angry so fast. And I'm like, wow, okay. Like at first it seemed like he was not really trying, but like trying to make her comfortable with like getting the piano there and uh coming in and being like oh hey what let's let's do a dinner or something or try to be friendly with them and they just weren't having it there was just was a so lull absent. in the middle of it where i was just kind of like i'm waiting for something to kind of happen i'm waiting for this to be discovered that way there's a conflict yeah i mean i guess for me like it it was dull it takes place in a time that is very dull there's not much going on um and the characters, in terms of personality, other than Anna Paquin, don't have that much to offer for me. Um, obviously, with Holly Hunter's character, so it did it did seem like one of those Oscar Beatty movies that has to rely on just kind of the feeling that the movie gives you. And the feeling that I got was depression for the most part. Um, but when the movie does finally pick up toward the end, I definitely felt it a little bit. Like, I was into it. It was very icky and gross, but I was glad that there was some action going on, you know? Especially with Sam Neill and uh, Harvey Keitel having the feud and everything, so. Yeah. But for me, I didn't need the ending. I'll say that. I did not need the ending that they gave us. They yeah, could have left it open-ended for me, personally. The ending very ending. Last. If you oh, stuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like you know when talking she about? was... Uh, that was when she was having a life with Harvey Keitel and was learning to speak sure. again and stuff. Yeah. Like, okay. We didn't yeah, need it. Sure. She was mute the whole time. That was like she very didn't... Hollywood eyes. Like, they tacked that on afterward or something. Well, so you know? the initial en ending was uh, her foot getting tangled with the piano and drowning with it. But the test screenings were like, this is too bleak. Like, it's too depressing. Uh, can we change the Perfect, ending? Though. And then... That's what they did. So, yeah, I mean, I I do agree that it definitely did seem tacked on <clears throat> because I thought the the movie was going to end with her just, like, lifeless body, like, just floating in the water. Yeah. I mean, it's called The Piano. That was her life, and then she was getting rid of it and is, yeah, going to die with it. How poetic. Um, so I kind of was expecting that to happen. Uh, ultimately, they didn't. So I do I do see that uh, Hollywood Eyes tacked on ending kind of being an issue. Um to be honest, though, like I've listened to you guys say that it was kind of dull and stale, and I totally see that. I didn't find it that dull and stale. I kind of found it to be a pretty, like, 
passionate love story just told in a very different way because it's the mid-19th century it's in new zealand it's a mute woman uh having to deal with like a love triangle uh and it's also anna paquin just acting her heart out along with everyone else uh so like i was pretty engrossed throughout the whole movie um i do think it was maybe 10 to 15 minutes too long just like the beginning setup was a little slow for me as well and then yeah that ending it did kind of go on just a little too much but i kind of did find the movie rather beautiful to be honest um but i do see that for a lot of people it could be very slow and and dull just because the setting itself it doesn't really they don't go anywhere it is a little slow and then it's the woods it's just grimy, and it's rainy a lot. It's just kind of a grimy. They're in setting. the mud, sure. You know, yeah. it's so it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not very uppity. It's not very happy at any moment in the entire film until I guess the tacked on ending that the audience really felt like it needed. Um, but the situations the characters were for... put in were interesting to me. I, I, like the whole like she was uh, teaching him piano, but I mean, obviously other things were going on, but I mean, to Sam Neill's sure. knowledge, he had, he had no idea. And then he, that guy was also one of his good friends. So like, there we go with that. Uh, so I mean, you got the kind of story that we've seen before happen, but like just love triangle type, type shit, but just the way it was done. And from the filmmaker, Jane Campion, you could tell that this was way more just, there was like, a lot more thought and it's more of like an art piece than it is like just it was going for metaphorical stuff and uh and to me that was actually a problem for me because i think that a lot of the motivations were they weren't really solidified for these characters like they just did weird shit out of nowhere and then that just helped propel the story along keep in mind these characters have no education pretty much (laughs) they're just they're meant to be pretty fucking dumb and impulsive yeah and they they definitely are just i don't know it just for me it it obviously not my cup of tea um i didn't really find any of the characters all that like they were good but i didn't like any of them other than anna paquin so um it's just a little icky i don't know i for the the movie it is well made but i wasn't really into the narrative unfortunately um that's for the for a movie called the piano i did think that it featured some great music i mean just from the original Mm -hmm. score itself i thought that the uh the music was really good the very least you would hope so you really would yeah exactly that's the thought going in um all right so john so you can rip off the band-aid first if you'd like uh yeah i'm would, i'm gonna go, go i'm gonna go two out of five uh just honestly it wasn't for me i i can see why it would be for a lot of people but i think we knew going into this that uh you know it it just wasn't gonna sit well with me for the most part there is some things to be taken away from it some positives absolutely anna paquin holly hunter honestly most of the acting performances were good um, but other than that, I just wasn't really digging the story. I'm kind of on the same boat as you, but I'm a little hot. I'll give it a little higher grade. I'm going to go three out of five. Oh, wow. Um, okay. That the ending that we were talking about, if it had ended on her, like sacrificing herself with the piano, that would have been the perfect melancholy ending that this movie would have. Like it leads up to her kind of leaving with him and it's kind of going on a high note. But then she realizes that it's not like worth it, kind of thing, and just goes to be with the thing I that she essentially loves the most. But I did appreciate that Anna Paquin's character—they didn't just have her be mommy's little girl the whole time. Like she ratted her mom out about the whole situation, and like brought the the key with the burnt writing into it to Sam Neil, 
and like was kind of the catalyst for everything that happened. So I thought that was kind of nice that the kid just wasn't, oh, just the child that's involved in the story. Like she had a pretty pivotal part. So that I can appreciate, but it was just a lot of the same setting, just kind of repetitive actions, kind of see it coming, but it was, it was still a good movie. I, I did enjoy it. The performances were really good. So three out of five. I think I'm going to be able to get it to three and a half. Uh, I did really like this movie. I thought that the cinematography was great. The performances was amazing. It was an ensemble piece for sure. I mean, Anna Paquin did end up winning the Oscar, but I mean, I thought Holly Hunter, Harvey Keitel, Sam Neill were all fantastic. Uh, I loved the music, production design, and uh, it was just yeah, it was a, it was a love triangle storyline that we've seen done so many times. I mean, literally Netflix releases a movie every single week that deals with this plot, but it's this movie was done in a way that was just a little more a little more heart, artful. So uh, I can get it to three and a half, but it is definitely an acquired taste. If you're really into romance movies, I think you'd like it. If you're into like not showering history, historical uh, movies, you might like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's slow. It's slow, but it's on Netflix, and you see Harvey Keitel's penis. That was The Piano. We had Oscar winner Anna Paquin at eight years old in The Piano. And with Girl Interrupted, we have Oscar winner Angelina Jolie. Uh, This was another film that I knew none of us had seen before, and I saw that Angelina Jolie won the Oscar for that. And also, Winona Ryder's in this film. She's the lead. She was also up for Best Supporting Actress against Anna Paquin for The Piano. She was in a movie called The Age of Innocence, and uh, oh, she same year, was competing huh? against Anna Paquin and lost, and lost to an eight-year-old. An eight-year-old. Wow. And then uh, was not nominated for Girl Interrupted, but uh, Angela and Julie won. So uh, that is why we picked Girl Interrupted. So you chose this one to, to kind of compare. I gave Nate a list of like seven movies, and mm-hmm. uh, he kind of narrowed down to this one. Because uh, nice. mainly because we hadn't seen it, and Angelina um, Jolie, like, oh my god, like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah, wow. But this film is directed by James Mangold, who has kind of been a very underrated filmmaker in my opinion. He has made films such as Ford v Ferrari, Logan, the 310 to Yuma uh, remake, Walk the Line, uh, some really good film called uh, Identity which is kind of like a whodunit thriller, which is really good with uh, John Cusack. Um, okay, yeah. And then he did this one, which I had no idea he even directed it until I looked it up uh, after we picked it. But it's based on writer Susanna Kaysen's account of her 18-month stay at a mental hospital in the late 1960s. It stars Winona Ryder, Angelina Jolie, Brittany Murphy, Elizabeth Moss, and Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. Has, an, has a 53% yeah, right. on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, yeah, 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 sure. It's an interesting split for sure. I, I honestly would have expected it to be the opposite, in yeah, my opinion. It has um, a 53% Rotten Tomatoes and an 84% audience, 7.3 on IMDb, and a 3.8 on Letterboxd. Um, so yeah, I kind of already explained why I picked it, mainly just to kind of connect the Best Supporting Actress uh, wins for the 90s. But we'll go back to you, Nate. Uh, you kind of was in, you were interested in this one because we all hadn't seen it. Uh, did you know anything about it going in? And uh, what did you think? I knew nothing. Um, the only thing that I knew was Angelina Jolie's like uh, big scene in the ice cream parlor where she like is semi flirting with the guy who's making the ice cream, and just it was just sexy and awesome. And that's 
kind of how I describe her performance. But I like stories like this when you kind of get a recount of somebody's life and or a certain aspect of their life. And so, yeah, just kind of going into it, I didn't know much about anything uh, other than like the poster, maybe with just like the close up of Winona Ryder's like eye or something mm-hmm. like that or her face. And it's just this girl interrupted. I'm like, it's funny. That's an odd <laughs> title for a movie. You know exactly who that actress is. Off that poster, just by the eyeball. So I, I do yeah, it at least. Yeah. I mean, I see that on the instant. I'm like, oh my god, Winona Ryder. Yeah, just especially in like late '90s, yeah. early 2000s movies, because she pops up quite often. So. It's just her eyes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. No, uh, Winona Ryder is great, and so that's always a plus going into these movies. Before she went my... all theft crazy and like Stranger Things shit. Yeah, honestly, I think honestly, all the movies she's ever been in could be connected in one timeline in one way or another. Just Winona Ryder's cinematic life and she ends up Edward as hands. yeah honestly i think she th- those characters could totally be connected in, in some way on a timeline are you saying because somebody she plays the same character in every movie yeah because she has winona rider aneurysm what is it what am i saying uh, winona rider maneurisms she does the same shit every time she has a lot of maneurisms where she's like, just very squirrely and owly yeah, and she can't seem to help herself, and I love her, dude. She is so good. But I think there's a reason why she doesn't... Has she ever won an Oscar? Or... She's been nominated She's been twice nominated. Uh, for The Age of Innocence, the one that I mentioned uh, earlier. Okay. And then uh, I don't remember the other one. Well, you said this one, right? Little Woman, 1994. Little Woman, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think she's one of those people who she's entirely recognizable. It's a hard it's hard for me to not see Winona Ryder, and I don't know if that works against her um, with these other transformative performances that ends up winning people Oscars. But the uh, the other people in this movie are really what I think makes it because it's the whole story that she's telling. It's it's honestly it's about the eighteen month stay in the hospital. And the actual short story, I did a little bit of research. She's just talking about these people that she saw um, and interacted with. And I think, you know, Brittany Murphy was amazing in this movie. I thought she was super weird. And the character itself was very strange. The one with the chickens. <laughs> um, and it's super depressing and sad and tragic what happens to her. Um, but I thought she was amazing in the movie. And Angelina Jolie, Elizabeth Moss, Whoopi Goldberg. Come on, like there's like, there's so many. I like Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> like I know she's over the top, and can just I do love some Whoopi. really odd characters. But like, like in Ghost, yeah, she was weird, but she won an Oscar for it. And then like in Deserving. this one, she was that nurse assistant that kind of needed to slap Winona Ryder into shape and be like, you know what's wrong with you? You. <laughs> Fix yeah. it. <laughs> Some of my favorite scenes were literally between Winona Ryder and Whoopi Goldberg. You know, just kind of the oh, heart to heart. Yes. The that scene they with would have. Uh, when she throws Winona Ryder in the bathtub and then she's like yeah. freaking the fuck out and she, she just has that like response. Yeah, definitely. It showed that she kind of did need to be there because at first you're like, I don't know if she needs to be here because you're looking at all the other people who are really dealing with some issues. Um, <laughs> but, but then you realize, yeah, it is beneficial to Winona Ryder's character. Yes, but to be devil's advocate, being around those type of people, it's only a matter of time before she starts to act like them, too. I mean, mm-hmm. so, That's I mean, she was natural. around the craziest fucking people you can imagine. I mean, Lisa, the character played by Angelina Jolie, is yeah. fucking terrifying. 
because she is just unpredictable. She's charming and like seductive one second, and then the next second she's gonna rip your throat out and shove it down your face. Like it's so terrifying because a full unpredictable behavior is honestly what freaks me out the most because you're just like what are they going to do next you don't know so that was her throughout this whole movie and i totally totally see why she got the oscar because that couldn't have been easy to just be that fucking insane on set she was an incredibly destructive personality you know i mean she like honestly like just just the interaction she had with Brittany murphy's character i just couldn't believe it and then it has uh, basically, Winona Ryder is this fly on the wall, just watching it happen. You know, just the amount of scenes that happen with those characters—it just, ooh, makes you hard inside for those people. Because this, 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 some of these interactions did, in a way, happen. You know, for the most part. Um, um, I think the only character that wasn't real—I tried to do re- some research and find it was uh, the boyfriend. I don't think he was a real person. Didn't need to be in it. That yeah, was so. Sense that they added like, he was yeah. there for two moments in her life, and that was yeah. it. Yeah, I was curious to see like, did he actually go to Vietnam? I don't think he ever. <laughs> he also had anyway. like the worst fake beard <laughs> I think I've seen on set, mm-hmm. <laughs> or just in a film. It was so Jared Leto, right? Yeah, obviously fake. Yeah. You could see like the glue like coming off of his cheeks for it. Yeah, and he looked like a yeah. very like homeless Zac Efron in this movie for some reason. Yeah, but. But like yeah. this movie, it was had its depressing moments, but then I was also impressed. It had some pretty soft moments between like what felt like genuine relationships building, and like the way that Elizabeth Moss's character was it Penny or something like that. She gets put in isolation room, the straight jacket and, they, and like, stuff. Yeah, and they play the music for her because she was seen the first time you see her is strumming the piano strings, and so it had the camaraderie between all of them like when they go to bowling randomly and just the way they defend each other in the ice cream parlor and they all like bark at that woman it was just like a weird way had like aspects of a coming of age movie but it also just was like one flew over the cuckoo's nest but in the female ward that's exactly what i was gonna say is like this was the female perspective of one flew over the cuckoo's nest just almost beat for beat too like what happens mm-hmm. like they escape like that scene Except, in the uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest they all like they steal a bus and they go into town don't they <laughs> it's they go a, on a hilarious boat scene and they like sail on the water they come back and they're just reprimanded yeah and then <laughs> wouldn't jack and Nic- jack nicholson too. be more of the angelina jolie character in that film sort of because yes. he's, he's more of the loose cannon kind of kind of dude He's more um, of a loose cannon, but, it, but he goes into the um, he goes into the insane asylum normal, or like, like he's not really crazy. Why does yeah, he go like, there again? I forget what happened. he goes like, there to. I thought like investigate or not investigate, but just to like just to see what it's like or some something like that, or like I to do a story. He goes or, in, and then he just he doesn't get, like, get a subdued prison sentence. I think he's like going to jail, and it. they're like, instead yeah. of you going to jail you have to spend a certain amount of time here. And he thinks, oh, it's a piece of cake. It's going to be a vacation. But and fucking then, Nurse Jackie just, like, dopes him up and... Ratchet, thank you. Uh, just I do want to watch that show up and with Sarah Paulson, actually. She was yeah. an Oscar winner. Not Sarah Paulson, but the woman who played Nurse, Nurse, Nurse Ratchet. Um, but, uh, but it was just had... It had a charm to it, but then it wasn't afraid to get, like, real dark and nasty. And I was like, okay... I like where this is going. And then, John, you said sociopath earlier. That, like, 
perfectly describes Angelina Jolie's character because yeah. when you see what happens to one of the characters and she has no remorse whatsoever. Exactly. She's just like, yeah, we gotta go. Bye. And doesn't yeah, literally, hesitate. Her, her first response was like, distraught. oh, what an She idiot. has no empathy for anybody at all. Even Winona uh, Ryder. Her main motive is just to honestly just use people to get out of there. But until finally when Winona kind of just like forces her to break down with that whole diary scene in the basement the night before she was about to leave. That mm-hmm. was one of the craziest scenes as she kind of reveals everything that she's been writing and stuff. So that, that was honestly pretty wild, you know? And pretty I wasn't crazy. sure at a point if like any of it was a dream. I was expecting it to a point to like cut back to her before she goes to the ward or before they even decide to send her there just because it was shot in a way that it felt very dreamy. Like when they're running through the sewer and they're like chasing her and stuff. I was like, God, this is really bizarre. And like, it's actually happening. And I actually completely agree with that. Cause there was, yeah, that point where she goes into the sewer or just the, the basement, whatever, uh, yeah. towards the end, I literally thought she was dreaming. I'm like, there's no way she's actually there right now. And everyone's, like down there they all just pop up diary. and they're like but they kept going hey. and it was legit that was interesting <laughs> it was like wait no this is really happening this is weird and there was another yeah. scene too because like you said it is set up to be like that in the dreamlike uh state because uh she keeps on hallucinating the uh f- that teacher professor that she had an affair with like she would just see him yeah. like randomly in like doorways being like just like looking at him i thought he was going to be more like prominent and kind of pop back up in the story more than he did but he's really only like shown in the first kind of like a MacGuffin kind of in a weird yeah. way just like a purpose for being there but didn't really need to be there for the story yeah. to continue but i did kind of put I to rest they, at the, the they played with that idea too. more it was yeah 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 exactly you know? when they called them so, out. which was cool like... because i think it brought all the girls together because they're all like yeah we're just going to embrace that people think we're crazy so let's give them a show and they like and i honestly love that and stuff yeah <laughs> i think that and honestly like the movie like, yes, it's dark, but it does have those character moments, moments of camaraderie between all the girls. And it genuinely is a coming-to-age story, in a sense, for Winona Ryder, as she sees the struggles of the, these people and is able to grow as a person and get those heart-to-hearts with, uh, like, Whoopi Goldberg's character and kind of realize the wrongdoings and, like, yeah, you know, you're going to be okay. You just got to get your shit together so you don't end up like Lisa, you know, or pour gasoline on your face like Elizabeth Moss. So, um you know, I, I maybe that's another reason why I actually really enjoyed the movie because it had those elements. I had to keep on reminding myself that this was supposed to take place in the sixties. Yes, most of the movie does take place right in the uh, psych ward, um, but just in terms of how people behave and like diagnose, like it, de- it definitely felt very dated. Because yeah, because for the first like half of the movie, I'm like she wouldn't really need to be in a psych ward. Like just, she would probably need no. to talk to a therapist for I mean, taking too much aspirin. And after what was like a breakup or something that, or, uh, no, or no, she the affair tried to commit and, suicide. Yeah. She yeah. But the reason why she tried to commit suicide was because was of the that, affair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. And, but I mean, yeah, people just, I guess, didn't know how to treat people like that. Like, even you saw the uh, scene when the psychiatrist was talking to her parents and uh, the mom just starts breaking down at the word borderline personality disorder. I, oh, my God. I hated that scene. That made well, like, I didn't hate it, but I was so mad at the parents yeah. for that. That's but another reason like, why. Is that hereditary? 
Yeah, yeah like, is that going to affect like, me? What? <laughs> you think? But I had, I had to keep reminding myself. I'm like, wait, people in the 60s probably just didn't understand like what this shit is because it is weird watching movies from like today's point of view to you know what people thought back then because it was just so fucking different it also and was it one of those movies like you expect them to do like the really messed up like american horror story asylum type stuff in these hospitals they just they barely allude to it with like a little bit of electrocution stuff with angelina jolie's character but that's it it's it's definitely more of like a character study and dialogue relationships than actually like showing the dark areas of mental hospitals you know would you, would um, you guys go under shock therapy fuck no, <laughs> no. what if no, what just, if they said well, fifty thousand dollars right here on the table you just need one i'm convinced shock therapy. and 50 grand? i i even had this thought like while watching this movie it's like if you just sign is that scene when she had to sign herself into the psych ward and she's like no one's forcing you to do this like you're 18 so you you are consenting to come in here and she yeah, signed but the they paper. They did force her to do it. They forced her in the well, cab. The the so it's least. like the second you sign that paper, I just have a feeling you're never gonna be able to leave. Just the fact that they're always gonna be like, "Oh no, you can't leave yet. Like you haven't done this," and they'll just manipulate you and just keep on handing you drugs and like little like little paper cups that you just have to keep taking every day. You have no idea what you're taking. In front you just of have them, to because like, you know, are you gonna try to cause a problem? Huh? Right, so yeah. take your fucking laxatives and shit your brains out. Like it's just like <laughs> it's so weird and just so like. Unlike it's just so foreign to me, so I it's just, a terrifying no. thought because it, there's definitely a certain reality to it because it is portrayed almost in the same way in all of these shows where exactly yeah you are you are uh, that's what I'm trying to think of you're I mean you're you're signing yourself into this place on your own you're doing it willingly you know but kind of like every single time doesn't end up that way yeah cure for wellness you'll you know, never they just convince nest. him that he's crazy and needs to be there. Same with yeah. uh, the one flew over the cuckoo's nest until they finally did make him a vegetable. Just like, yep. That's why it's yeah. such a good horror concept. Oh, it's just a terrifying thought to be stuck in one of those places. Ugh. But no, it was, one uh, flew had an yeah. ending that was just like no other. Like, oh, that's, yeah. uh, that was yeah. horrible. Terrible. It, but uh, amazing. Like, so well done. This definitely went for a more lighter ending, which I was kind mm-hmm. of relieved by because the movie was very heavy, it was very dark. For a lot of the film, especially something that happens at the end of the second act, which which was just like, God damn, they really went there. Um, but for the most yeah. part, the ending was kind of genuine. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like even like they just they even tied back in uh, with the taxi driver that dropped her off. I was like, oh, hey, that was like, cute. Yeah, you made hey, it. I remember oh, you. That yeah, guy. where are we going? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going home. Yeah, going home. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Um, the yeah. film's definitely able to to focus on like dark issues obviously it has very dark scenes and you know it, it talks about you know like molestation and you know really sad things that happen in these people's past that made them like messed up you know and gives gives them all these tendencies and disorders it's a real problem yeah absolutely some people don't believe it and they just think it's oh the person's just hurt or something like that it's all in their head it's like no if you actually took the time to listen to somebody they're not gonna just lie to you about what they're feeling unless of course there are people that would go that far and that's why those people are put behind bars so it's like but if you go back i mean i watch a lot of true crime and a lot of these people have horrible traumatic childhoods so, I mean, you know, there's very much a reason to the madness, a method to the madness, and it's not necessarily their fault, but, you know. 
Well, def- um, she definitely seemed like she came from a very like wealthy family, mm-hmm. and even to the point where a she called pressure. them out, like, like don't worry, like, uh, the, like she was telling her doctor, like, God, don't worry, my parents aren't just freaking out because they're having like a holiday crisis where they're gonna have to explain where I am because everyone's gonna ask. Like, that's really all they care about is just like, yeah, yeah. oh, can scene, she be home the for the Christmas on party? The phone with her yeah. mom. And she just literally isn't even listening. She's just, like, looking at Lisa because her mom's just complaining about, like, complete bullshit that doesn't even matter while her daughter's yeah. in a mental hospital. It's like, man, dude, that's bullshit. Yep. You know, kind, kind of start with the parents. Like a, and it had a nice, like, sisterhood feel to it, though it went dark. You could kind of... I enjoyed the moments where they were all together and on good terms and stuff like that. Like, they first walk into the ward and that Janet girl's like, I want my fucking clothes. I'm like, oh, that that was quick. Well, maybe if you eat something, and they did like a good job at like pointing out each character's flaw. They yeah. were all pretty distinct. Like the 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 larger mute girl that's just sitting there watching TV and like freaking out all the time. Mm-hmm. And just it just had bizarre moments, but it just kind of worked, and I I really really enjoyed it. And Angelina Jolie was just amazing she just she has the those eyes that just are piercing and they they'd convince me to like commit murder probably she runs She's the place very sure. persuasive yeah i mean if yeah. she asked me to i would probably <laughs> most at least in the context of a mental hospital or i wouldn't i wouldn't feel like i had another choice you know mm-hmm. so what would you what would you give it nate then in that case i am giving this one a solid four out of five I agree that the Jared Leto side part didn't really need to be in there. Like, I get Vietnam took place in that time, and it was kind of cool seeing how the draft did work. Yeah. But having that, like, romance that was only addressed once because she fell asleep at graduation, like, that's the only real connection that we got from her. So, well, yeah, um, and that she saw. Yeah. The, sorry, you go ahead. Oh, no, I was just, I was just going to say that. Other than like having that stuff, her character was really, really solid. Just the way that she kind of went through, like John said, like a fly on the wall. Not necessarily the center of attention all the time. She goes, the, she's an observer. The one holding of. it all together. She's but, a writer yeah. too. I mean, this is this is her story. I mean, the the a real person wrote this story for the most part, and they just added a few little little things in there, like the boyfriend. I was trying to think of the other times they referenced the boyfriend because I know there was one scene on the TV when they were announcing the draft and she recognized the it's name. Just, and then well, there was a party. No, it was the birthday. And then it's he like comes and visits. 30th. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. And then he comes yeah. and visits, and they have sex, and then the girls are like, like moaning outside of her room, and they go for a walk, and like they he break up. He wants her to escape. Yeah, yeah. yeah he wants, he to wants to her to like run away, and she's like, "No, I belong here. Like, let me be." Blah blah blah. And then that's it. Yeah. After that, that's why I really. That's why I looked so, it up. Yeah. I'm like, I googled it to see, like, did he get drafted? Like, is this real? Because I was actually very curious. And it definitely really... didn't need to be in the movie whatsoever. Uh, I guess not. Yeah. Uh, the movie is two hours and seven minutes, and that is where I have an issue with the movie because it had like five different endings. Where I'm like, okay, they're gonna wrap it up here. Like, that's gonna be bleak. Oh. They're, they're going to go a little further. Oh, they're reading her diary. Okay, a little more bleak. And then they have the little happy ending. It's like, oh, okay, it's not bad. But yeah. I thought they were going to end the movie in different points. And they just kept going. And they kind of kept going. And I was just like, all right. And then, yeah, then now you say that the whole 
Jared Leto subplot. I'm like, oh yeah, that could have been trimmed completely out of the movie, and that would maybe be like ten minutes, and it would have been a, t- a tighter film. So, I uh, I I agree there for sure. Yeah, I, I were, guess if in, they were, uh, I was no, I was no, gonna say just because. No, I'm just saying because her parents are all like, "Oh, you're so promiscuous. You sleep promiscuous, and you sleep around all the time." And that's like the first thing that the doctor brings up in the meeting. It's like, "Oh, you're such a promiscuous girl," and like that's a problem. You know what I mean? And then she fires right back, and it was like, "Oh, if a guy did this, then would that be a fucking problem?" So I, I think that's kind of why they showed the Jared Leto side plot, at least in the the initial flashback that shows him at the party or shows her at yep. the party, just to kind of drive home that storyline. Um, that part of the story to make it believable. You can definitely um, make arguments to on to, yeah, to justify it. It definitely just felt a little too long for me. I, like I could have that in the piano. They're they're both like the same amount of length, like two hours yeah, and ten were. minutes or so. Both could have been maybe ten fifteen minutes shorter, under two hours. Would have been nice. But I think I'm gonna give this a four out of five as well. I honestly really did like it. Um, pretty much all the characters I thought had a lot of redeeming factors. They were well acted by pretty much everybody it's i do really like to see Brittany murphy in films because she did pass away uh i guess it was like 10 years ago now to that 10 2009 um under very very uh mysterious circumstances well if you if you look that up it's pretty weird um but she was great really everybody in the movie was great um and i did think it was just really cool kind of just being a fly on the wall in this mental hospital um surrounded by all these kind of crazy women so it was a cool movie. The title still doesn't quite make any sense to me, though. Her life got interrupted by this little section of her life. I suppose. Yeah, she did. Maybe that was I was the title. really hoping they were going to say, like, girl, interrupted. Like, interrupted. in the movie sometime. Like, I was just... Yeah, they should like, have weird that in at some point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, or maybe, like, in a notebook where it says, this girl, comma, interrupted in life by these demons or something, like... I'm sure. I'm sure that's the know. name of the actual, like, short story she wrote. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe not. I Who I'm knows? actually only getting this to a three out of five. Uh, oh. I thought that it was a good movie with with uh, really good performances, in particular Angelina Jolie. It's definitely not my favorite James Mangold movie. Uh, it's just above the uh, the Wolverine, the one where he goes to Japan. Uh, that movie was pretty bad, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah. This one, it was it was good. It was it was well made. It was uh, well acted. I just the pacing was a little off, and with a movie that takes place in a psych ward, like I, it follows the same type of beats. But I mean, then again, it is based on a true account. Uh, maybe just one flew the cuckoo's nest nailed it on like what it's like, or just other shows like that. Um, so I, it was a bit of like I have kind of seen this or type of story before. Um, but the main reason to watch this movie is for Angelina Jolie's performance and just to see what kind of character she can create because it was really impressive and it was crazy because you just Scary. literally would not know what she was going to do next. Uh, it was very unpredictable and. Um, so yeah, it, it was worth it to watch for that character, aspect. though. And yeah, strange, and she's like strangely likable. Sexually just want to see terrifying. from the opening, <laughs> from the because it's weird because like you see Winona Ryder for the first twenty twenty five minutes almost I think, and then you're like, wait, we're watching this because of Angelina Jolie, right? At least that's what I was thinking. And yep. then she finally comes in and just like in this pure rage, and just like the police show up, and yeah, she's she's awesome. 
Yeah, but uh, three out of five, uh, that's fresh on the tomato meter. So if, if I was a Rotten Tomatoes critic, it would be a fresh rating. So maybe that 53% would go up a little bit more with my grade. So three out of five is a good grade to me. Okay, yeah, so those are two Oscar films, two depressing films as well. Um, hopefully next week isn't too depressing, and by the looks of it, it doesn't seem like it. Uh, so we went back to John, be. mainstream boy, uh, <laughs> for him me. to select a film that he wanted us to all watch. What was that film that you selected, Mr. Young? Yeah, so I was between a lot of stuff. You know, Shrek. Um, that's pretty much it. But I ended up uh, picking The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking of Shrek. <laughs> I went with Schindler's so List from 1990. Like, yeah, a lot of options to weigh there in the same exact genre. But yeah, I don't know. I've, I've always seen the poster. Tom Cruise has the wicked long hair. I've always heard good things. You've brought it up every now and then over the years. Um, and, you know, gotta love Tom Cruise, especially in those early 2000s films. So Last Samurai was my choice for this next week's podcast. And, Nate, you have not seen The Last Samurai, correct? I have not seen The Can Last Samurai, you tell I know nothing correct. about the movie by saying I'm talking about Tom Cruise's hair on the poster? <laughs> like, it's, that's it's basically totally Avatar, <laughs> but with samurais. Yeah. That it's like, wasn't what, a bad comparison. Oh. Um I've seen this That's movie like three or four times, so I oh. am uh, I'm really looking forward to going back and revisiting this. I have it on Blu-ray, so I'll pop that out. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a samurai film. Uh, and then the next film that uh, okay. I paired it with was, because since we're going with a glossy, big-budget Hollywood samurai film with a big A-lister, uh, Tom Cruise, I thought about maybe doing like The Great Wall. Because it's Matt Damon in a fucking dude foreign please, film. Why are we not? I'm just kidding. No, that would be that would be and a quite fake film man to talk about. A, a fake yeah man ponytail that bombed freaking the box office. Bullshit. Um, but instead, I I went with a film that is supposed to be a very historically accurate film on uh, a true mission that these samurais went on. Uh, it's called Thirteen Assassins. Came out in 2010. Uh, I've heard really good things. It's from an acclaimed director. He did uh, Audition, which is a horror film. So uh, this one should be interesting. Mike. That is the act. Yeah, that is the director. Yes. Uh, the Last Samurai, you can watch that on HBO Max. And 13 Assassins, you can watch that on Hulu. So if you have those subscriptions. All right. I think our car insurance dropped. So. Bye, Mason Boy. You still there? Okay. If you made it this far, you deserve an award. So please let us know if you made it this far, and we will send you something in the mail. I swear to God. Seriously, if we get a direct message saying, Hey, I listened to this entire episode of Girl Interrupted in the Piano. Uh, can you send me something in the mail? We will. Honestly, we will. So just direct message us at those movie dudes. Say that you made it this far, and you heard this message, and we will send you something in the mail. It might be a, like, forky toy from Toy Story 4, but we will send you something, okay? I promise. And while you're still here, make sure you go and check out Mainstream Boys. It's the show where John and I get together on a weekly basis, except this past week because nothing came out, and we talk about the new release films of the week. Over the next six weeks, we have so many great movies coming out in theaters and on streaming sites. We have Dune, Last Night in Soho, No Time to Die, Titan, Lamb, so many other great movies that I'm not even mentioning right now. So I cannot wait to check out some great films as we enter Oscar season, uh, and John and I will discuss them every single Monday on Mainstream Boys.